You're listening to the Meet the Farmers podcast with me, your host, Ben Eagle. Please remember to subscribe to the show wherever you are listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 216 of the Meet the Farmers podcast with me, Ben Eagle. And it's a special one today as we're marking the fifth anniversary of Just Farmers, which, if you don't know it, is a unique communications project for British agriculture. It was founded by agri-journalist Anna Jones following her Nuffield scholarship and has now seen dozens of farmers passed through its doors. So today we're going to reflect back on those five years, ask what Just Farmers is all about, how it helps farmers and the media, and ask what its future might be. I'm joined by its founder, Anna Jones, as well as rural affairs journalist and broadcaster, Tom Heap, and two farmers who have been through the Just Farmers programme, Charles Goadby, who was in first group, and Kerry Squire, who was in the most recent seventh group. Welcome to you all. Thank you so much for doing this. Anna, let's start with you. Five years of Just Farmers, how does it feel? I can't believe it. Um, and, and, and in fact, Ben, I didn't even realise until Emily Davis, who's our fantastic managing editor, reminded me. And time just goes so fast. You don't think of the years ticking by. When I look back on what we've done and the tiny kernel of an idea that it came from and that it's actually real and is still going despite the pandemic, which really gave us a knock, it's a lovely feeling. I feel incredibly proud, actually. Yeah. And and of course, five years, but seven groups. So some years you've been particularly busy. Yes. Yeah. So we aim to do two groups a year, but covid two years sort of went very strange it was touch and go because funding at that time we our coffers weren't overflowing let's put it that way and the pandemic we just seemed to be coming out of it and then something else would come and we'd be back into lockdown and i really wasn't sure if we would come out the other side and here's where you know alex price who's been involved in just farmers from the very beginning as well who set up our filming on your phone workshop was really the driving force that kept it going was like no this will survive this really will keep going because it's needed people believe in it we have to keep it alive and I'll be forever thankful to Alex for really keeping the the spirit of it going um, because there were times when I had a bit of a wobble and um, but that just shows how Just Farmers is is a real family and everyone that's part of it sort of buys into what it is we support each other if someone's having a tough time the rest of the group pick them up and carry them on and you know and that's worked for me as well I haven't always been the driving force sometimes I've needed to be picked up and and encouraged so it is a very very supportive network of people so for anyone listening who doesn't know about what you do um, what is it and, and why did you set it up in the first place So it goes back to uh, when I started my Nuffield Farming Scholarship in 2016. The context is I've been a rural affairs journalist for nearly 20 years. So I spent a lot of those years on BBC Country File and then also hopped over the fence back and forth, back and forth to Radio 4, where I worked on 
farming today a lot. So those two sort of titans of rural programming um, is where I've spent most of my career to date. And, um, and I saw the way that stories were being told was really changing, or certainly the way people re were reacting to stories. So when I started as a researcher, it was easy to get people to come onto Countryfile and share their stories. And then as we've entered into a more polarised era, with debates becoming more like culture wars, actually, this very spiky atmosphere around a lot of the issues that we report on it was making it really difficult to get farmers particularly to open up and they were very suspicious of the media certainly at that time even more so I would say um, and I used to spend most of my time just negotiating access onto farms that's before you even start telling the story it was just getting onto the farm and then I also found on the media side of things that it, there wasn't always much sort of sympathy to that either or, or understanding of what was driving that suspicion and that lack of trust. And I really felt that as a farmer's daughter and coming from a farming background and experienced journalist and programme maker by that point, I had a real responsibility to try and act as a bridge between those two. So that's why I applied for Manuffield, which looked at the coverage of farming issues in the mainstream media. And I went all over the world and depressingly found out that it's a problem that kind of infects all of the Western world, where you have heavily urbanised populations who are largely politically, geographically, socially, culturally disconnected from farming. And I thought, wow, there really is a disconnect here. And how can I help? So at the end of my Nuffield in 2017, when I presented my findings, I said, wouldn't it be great to have something that kind of loosely borrowed from almost the casting agency model, where you kind of bring a group of like-minded farmers together that are up for open communication, even if it's a bad news story, but they can speak themselves from, their, from the heart with their own personal testimony of how they're affected by those issues. So they're not speaking on behalf of a union or a trade association or a membership organization. They are speaking literally just as farmers. So I'm not saying that, you know, I, I want to do, uh, you know, industry messaging. I'm, I'm, I'm not a lobbyist. I'm, I'm not a PR person. I'm not somebody that is trying to drive industry messages. I'm purely a journalist that wants to bring more diverse voices into the fold so that we can hear from more people at the grassroots of our industry about what it's like for them. And I think the more diverse voices you can get out there is a benefit for the media. We, we need that because the media gets fed up of talking to the same people. And unfortunately with farming, you do see the usual suspects just popping up again and again and again. And they're working very hard, but we can't expect them to do it all. So now we've got these 84 farmers that have been through our workshops and they each do four days of media education training. So the first workshop is in the city. They come down to Bristol uh, and we spend most of that time actually theory stuff. What is a story and breaking through that barrier of distrust? You have to get through that before you can start building communication skills. Is there an anti-farming agenda? I don't believe there is, but a lot of farmers do. Why do you think there's an anti-farming agenda? What is, what's happened in your life to make you feel that way? And really exploring where these fears come from, then starting to share what I know about the media and how it works and what it wants, 
and just starting to open up those lines of communication. I act as a bit of a translator, really. I'm like, well, the the reason a journalist might do that is X, Y, and Z. So it kind of explains our motivations in the media so that they can understand a little bit better about where we're coming from too. And then it's only in the second workshop that we actually start getting microphones and cameras out and actually start doing the media work. Because I think you really have to spend a long time on the foundation before you can start sticking a microphone in someone's face. And then after they've been through those four days of training, our farmers agree um, in return for that free experience, because it's fully funded by our very generous sponsors, uh, they agree to go on our website and then they're a case study and then registered members of the media, of which there are more than 300 from national, regional media, press, broadcasters, they can log on. And if they're doing a story about bovine TB, they can put bovine TB into the search and it will bring up all the farmers who are happy to talk about bovine TB and then a multitude of other issues as well. Thanks, Anna. <laughs> I, I want to turn to our, our farmers in a bit. Before I do, uh, Tom, I just wonder if I could reflect with you on some of what Anna's just said there, especially when it comes to that shift in the context that she was explaining. I'm just interested whether you've seen that in terms of a sense of like farmer disconnect or uh, when Anna was uh, talking about approaching farmers. And have you noticed a, a shift in that sort of context of how farmers and the media have worked together? I'm not sure if it's become any more polarised than lots of other parts of the media, as as Anna has reflected in a media landscape that's increasingly dominated by social media, which in turn is attracted to to clickbait and extremes. To a certain extent, it has followed in the wake of that, that people at least have the feeling that that, uh, debates are are more polarised. I think there's always been, as long as I've been in rural affairs, which is basically all of this century from about 2000 onwards um there's been a feeling that well, no, uh, the, the, the farmers and the media were somewhat separate in fact i mean the, the first truly rural affairs job i got for the bbc was as rural affairs correspondent in 2003 yeah. and that in turn came out of the countryside march and the reporting of all the fox hunting stuff then when uh rather memorably the the BBC sent one of its foreign correspondents to report on what was happening in the uh, in in the fields of Britain, which quite literally made it seem like another country. And uh, at least the uh, corporation had the self awareness to realise that that probably wasn't a great look, and uh, they needed to probably um, improve their coverage of rural affairs. And and so they pointed a rural affairs correspondent. Um, who, incidentally, at the time, uh, lived in, in Brixton in London and doesn't have a farming background. And that was me. I then moved out to the Midlands to cover it. Uh, but that was a, a long way round of saying, I think there is a disconnect between the media and farming. It's not unique in that. There is a disconnect between the media and quite a lot of areas. And in fact, one of the inspirations I think Anna would acknowledge for this was something called the Science Media Centre, which was seeking to make a bridge between science and the media, because a lot of um, they felt like two separate tribes with uh, misunderstanding and occasionally suspicion between the two. And what um, was done there um, was a, a system to try and bring the two together. And uh, I think that's that's incredibly incredibly valuable. I mean, it's just an acknowledgement that if you look at the sort of 
recruiting base for media and the recruiting base for farming, they're not completely separate, but they're Venn diagrams that don't have a huge amount of overlap. And I think yeah. when you've got something like that, an organisation like Just Farmers, which very deliberately builds bridges with concrete examples of what either side is going to get out of it, is incredibly valuable and has indeed uh, proved so for me and, and a number of my colleagues who I've spoken to about it. Let's turn to our farmers. Um, Perry, over to you. Why did you apply for Just Farmers in the first place? My name is Kerry and I'm a farmer from South Wales and uh, I fell into farming through marriage. And so <laughs> um, I'm not from a farming background, so it was just a really steep learning curve. But um, I did have an Instagram account because my friends kept on saying, oh, what are you doing on the weekend? And it was like, well, we're on the farm. <laughs> We're doing work at the farm. I, yeah, got this Instagram account, but I was really conscious of the fact that it's like highly idyllic. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't really, I didn't want to show what happened on a day-to-day basis because it's great fun and it is idyllic sometimes, but it is hard work. And it when it's raining and the muck and the stress of just chasing animals about and things like that, that's not portrayed as well. Sort of, yeah, you know, well, that's, that's why I really thought I wanted to, be able to have the confidence to give it to, to let people know about that. Not only that, I used to work in a rural playgroup. Unfortunately, nearly every child, when asked where did you have where do milks and eggs come from, said supermarket. And this is a rural community where they're surrounded by animals. I just felt that they're not aware of where their food comes from. And I think that's really important to get them at an early age because they're just like, they really want to absorb all the information and they're really interested and they've got no sort of preconceived ideas about it. And it's just an ideal opportunity just to make people more aware of where their food comes from. I was listening to a podcast, sorry, competition maybe, (laughs) Um, the Year to the Ground (laughs) podcast, which is the fun. That's a good one, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and Anna was talking on it. And in on it, she described um, how she'd been lambing on a farm and um, there was a death of a ewe, I think, on the farm. And it really struck me that that's the experience that I've been going through and I'd never heard it elsewhere from somewhere. And it just really sort of resonated with me. I googled a bit more on you, Anna. I apologise. I'm not stalking you. I'm sure. Bit of stalking. That's all right. I'm glad. I'm glad you did. <laughs> and uh, saw about the just farmers, and it, it just sort of thought, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. And yeah, out of the blue, was emailed by Emily, and yeah, it was very fortuitous to be picked to go in Group Seven. And um, I'm so glad that I was. It's been amazing, 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 Me- meeting lots of amazing people learning so much about it and 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 also a realization from the journalist side of it that um few days in bristol um was a real wide eye opener for me knowing what that way, Carrie? um well i you know i was aware that journalists had deadlines but i think the way that you've said when we were discussing about deadlines that it might be like a phone call in the morning and you've got to have a report out, you know, by within a couple of hours. That was a bit of a shock to me. I think the fact that 
journalists didn't have that point of call. Or they had like they had someone who might know someone who might know someone. And you might end up speaking to someone who didn't know about the subject that they were actually being asked to talk about. So which is probably me, but um, oh, no. yeah. it was just it was really interesting and learning about a journalist sort of life. Just chime in quickly there. I think one of the things that that Just Farmers does very well is that journalists are, is often not uh, the information you need given the deadline is not always the perfect and the total. It's the available. And this is going to sound slightly self-damning, the accurate enough. And what Just Farmers does really well, and not, not the only resource of this, is you can you can find someone who can give you a, you know, a pretty good plausible answer on such and such in very short notice. I don't do so much day-to-day news anymore. But when I did, you know, as, as Kerry's just said, you know, you'd be woken up by the editor or get up and the editor from the one o'clock news would ring you and want something uh, on the one o'clock television news by one and they'd be ringing you at eight o'clock in the morning. You've got to find it, film it, edit it and deliver it in about four or five hours. And having a resource that makes that easy is very important. And this is the other thing, Anna, isn't it? It's it's not it's cross sector as well. So whatever story you're, you're writing or whatever story you're researching, there will be someone within those eighty odd farmers who could be a good contact. Yeah, and we're we've been really strict from the very beginning. And I think this is my BBC background coming out that we are not in any way biased towards one sector over another, one system over another. We are a fully inclusive broad church. And if you're farming um, and you're up for communicating in a positive way and you're kind of you're open, you're not defensive, you're kind and you're doing your job to the best of your ability and you're engaged in the issues, then that's what we look for. We, we aren't pushing an agenda and sometimes people expect us to. Not all of our farmers agree. You know, we have very mixed workshops and they will have different approaches yeah. to doing things. But what we've been able to show in Just Farmers is that you can have healthy, rigorous, but empathetic and understanding debate. You don't have to all agree. And we seem to be in a society now where people only want to be around people they agree with. And in a Just Farmers workshop, we have such diverse systems that they can sit next to each other and have a cup of tea and a sandwich and, and get on perfectly well. So we're kind of coming out of, we're not an echo chamber. And I think the media has been really surprised by that. I've had journalists go, who are you funded by? What's your angle? What are you trying to achieve? What's your message? There is no message other than I want to get more ordinary voices out there that aren't aligned to a particular organization um, or a particular message. And that's it. And and then the far, the journalists are kind of looking for the kind of what's the hidden bit, the hidden agenda, and they're mm. genuine. There genuinely isn't one. Charles, let's bring you in and just learn a little bit more about your experience, um, because you were involved from the very beginning. You're in the first cohort, so I'm just interested in your learning points and how you perhaps developed um, since then as well. Yeah, so we we are um, in Warwickshire milking 350. We're quite an intensive system, so our cows are housed all year round. Um, but that's alongside a beef unit and about a thousand acres of arable land as well. When I joined up Crikey five, yeah, a good five years ago, it would have been for the first one. It was a bit of an unknown for me, so nobody really knew about just farmers. And it was my next door neighbour 
that came down with a copy of, I think it was a farmer's guardian said, have a look at this. This, this is what you should be doing because I've always been quite opinionated. I like to share my views and thoughts, but I mean, back then, I mean, I say to Anna, just farmers has changed me so much because I used to be the angry little man shouting at the TV, frustrated at what I was seeing, but doing nothing about it. So with the help of Anna, uh, Alex and just farmers, it's shown me how to get my story out there and be able to tell the truth about farming. Um, and I've learned over the last five years, well, I learned quite quickly, the media are absolutely desperate for our story. You know, there's nothing more in vogue at the minute than food and farming, but they just can't get it. And I, I know my dad has always moaned, you know, the media, you know, don't trust the media. They twist things. They make all this rubbish up. You only have to look at the TV and it's all you know, anti-farming agendas, anti-livestock. But that isn't the media telling that story. That's them telling the story that's been given to them. And it's only because they haven't got the alternative. So the more we can get our story out there and the truth and the good things about farming and food production, the more we're going to see that on the agenda as well. And can you take us through some of the ways that you've been interacting with the media, perhaps some of the stories over the last five years? Or what have you been doing? Oh, crikey. Um, I have a memory, like I said, but I struggle now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so I mean, one of the big ones for me, um, which really set a big ball rolling, was we had Breakfast TV come early morning uh, to do a story about, I think it was uh, cost of food and milk production. Um, and, and through that, I got chatting with the production team and the cameraman specifically. Um, and then between the two of us, we've actually come together and decided to make a bit of a documentary about farming and food production which was really good really exciting but you know we'd only literally just talked about this during between shots and takes and then it was when we went into the farmhouse kitchen I'd made everybody a bit of breakfast and coffee and that and we all went in and the cameraman he, he was fine he'd already had something to eat and then um, I came out with a coffee and uh, yeah he had one but he took his black and then it was the presenter turned around and said, Mark, how long have you been vegan for now? And here he is sitting at a dairy farmer's table and he literally just slid underneath the table. He was mortified that it had come out. But actually, we had a great conversation on the back of this. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm very passionate about people have the right to choose how they live their own life, what they eat and what they do. Nobody should tell anybody what they should do. But I just strongly believe that they should make that decision based on honest facts and not propaganda and rubbish. And he actually had the same sort of theory. He, he'd come off social media because he was sick of the extremist vegan propaganda that's being put out there. Just as I get sick of some of the real extremist pro-farming things that get put on social media. So between us, we, we set up this idea of uh, telling the story of one of our cows and been able to tell the story of milk production through that. And to the extent I've even sold a cow to an animal sanctuary, we've been down there filming yeah, of course. Uh, and looking at her. Um, yes, yeah, so quite an exciting project there, which is just built on the back of one broadcast interview that I did. Every time I do an interview or work with anybody, I'll always keep the details. Um, and a lot of them are brilliant. I, last night, I was texting a journalist for one of the local papers at 10 o'clock last night, talking about something that's coming up and sparking a bit of interest. And I had a quick look just through my phone before this recording. And I think I've got 37 
journalists and broadcast <laughs> producers on the phone have kept. Wow. Can I just jump in here and just say it is it's so wonderful to to see the tips and advice that we give in a just farmers workshop working on the ground because I always say that to the farmers when they say oh have you ever been um, interviewed oh yeah we had um, BBC local radio came out to the farm once I was like oh who interviewed you can't remember did you get their number no and it's like but You've missed the opportunity to build a connection there with somebody who works and lives in your patch, who you could get to know. And on a slow news day, they might be very happy uh, for a call and you can come out to the farm. I just think that's so important because so often people see the media, inverted commas, as this big faceless entity. But just like farming, we are people um, just trying to do a job. And often under difficult conditions, um, and the, our contacts are very, very important. And off, I've built really good relationships with so many of my contacts over my career, and that's a really important relationship. Yeah, and, and a big part of this also, it's as well as that relationship building, it's about insight, isn't it? As well, and and Carrie already described um, a bit about her trip to Bristol. Tom, if I can take you back, I think you were involved in the very first. Um, just farmers workshop um, five years ago and this is about yeah displaying um, really the life of a journalist to the farmers can you take me back to that experience if you can take your memory back uh not terribly well no because <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> a huge deal about it I remember it being a lot of fun and I remember I came away with a mug which I've still got saying trust me I'm a journalist uh, which <laughs> uh, was obviously quite a, a radical thought for quite a lot of people there was a, it was an item opener for me in a uh, in a, in the sense not in the sense of meeting farmers because by then I you know I've spent fifteen years or so meeting farmers so that wasn't kind of revelatory but having them kind of open up about about their own hopes and fears in terms of interacting with the media one of the things I I, I think it is quite important to get across because I don't want to paint all uh, the media as sort of totally. Uh, totally angelic and, and totally without angle and, and totally without um, emission. And and there is, I think, one thing that is important for farmers to understand, I think I remember talking about this then, is there is a bit of, there is bias in journalism. And journalism is always biased in favour of the story. And, that, and, that, and the story is not always about telling the whole truth, because that is an academic thesis of 10,000 words plus. It's about telling a part of that truth which delivers a story which will interest which will engage an audience uh, and that is obviously being biased in favor of the story is a spectrum from behavior that is that is completely reprehensible through to just shaping the facts in a way that will uh, will entertain people and i think uh, farmers do need to be aware of that so well, anybody interacting with the media needs to be aware of that harry uh, yeah, I wanted to say as well, what I learned through the, the Just Farmers course, particularly on the second sort of workshop up in Staffordshire, was that actually we're becoming, me, you know, part of the media. We are producing our own stories and that. So, you know, while the first one was all about the journalist and providing stories for them to then put out with the, like the Instagram and the videos and everything else and all the social media, Just Farmers, I think, gave us or gave me the confidence to be actually a 
a producer then of of information and be my own little journalist, which I think is really good. And it's, yeah. it's worth saying that um, we have a writing workshop, which is for yeah. farmers that are interested in starting a blog or writing a newsletter for their local community to go out with a lamb box or, or whatever. And Kerry, I hope you don't mind me saying, but that re- Kerry absolutely excelled in the writing workshop. And it, this whole talent, I'm not sure if you knew that you're a talented writer, Kerry, before, did you? No. But Perry wrote a piece which she read to the group and it was just fantastic. Yeah, you, you sorry, I, I think it gave me the support from all the people there in the team gave me the confidence to to put down what I think in words. And um especially with Claire as well, sort of doing the editing of that and and, and giving me advice on that. Yeah. Claire Hardry. I was really proud of that piece. And I also had the confidence to read it out to the group by the end of the session. And that that in itself has been a real bonus to me, is my confidence yeah. boost. Yeah. I think there's another good to point to make as well, isn't it? This it, is about, yeah, this is about learning by doing. Just Farmers is, is very much about action as well. And it's yeah. about getting an insight in all different forms of the media as as well as so looking at the conventional side we're looking at print media we're looking at broadcast but it also goes right the way through to the spectrum of social media as well and 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 has that sort of grown and developed over time because i'm guessing when you started out five years ago you had a rough idea of where it was going but it has it has grown as it's gone on hasn't it unbelievably no two workshops have been the same like we started off with a basic format which has stayed the same so i think we got that right at the beginning but it is just evolved with every single group that's been through it. And we've just built on it, built on it, built on it. In workshop one, uh, it was me and Tom came in to do a session. And that was it, actually. <laughs> and um, now we have um, on the second workshop, which Kerry just mentioned in Staffordshire, we have four breakout sessions, which the farmers rotate around. So one will be with me doing radio and also with you ben doing podcasting so we have a we have a radio and podcasting session so there'll be four farmers with us then we have uh alex alex price who does filming on your phone to make video content for social media specifically so four farmers will be with him claire hargreaves who uh kerry just mentioned who was covering Emily while Emily was on maternity leave, is a is a writer and food journalist. She does a writing and blogging session, and there'll be four farmers with her. And then we have um, a producer director who I worked with on Country File uh, back, way back when we were researchers called Peter Taylor, and he does a How TV Is Made workshop. And we also have Phil Kurzweil as well. He, so they, they kind of share that workshop between them. Phil Kurzweil, who is uh, Tom and I, I've worked with for many years who's a producer director in television and also peter taylor who's a, a pd as well and that's a tv and then we also have um emily who will do a social media session which is more about um understanding the different platforms and the algorithms and how twitter works how facebook works how instagram works how to tailor your content for different platforms how to make sure it gets retweeted and generated out there um, and we also have loads of guest speakers that come in. So whether they're talking about social media or um, we have guest journalists like Tom, uh, Charlotte Smith has been along to a workshop. 
um, Heather Simons, Emma Campbell, people from BBC Farming Today uh, who come and they do interview practice with the farmers and to give the farmers the sensation and the experience of, of being grilled a little bit. And that's been wonderful. And at the same time, they build a load of contacts. So it has just grown into this brilliant network of supportive journalists and producers who believe in what we're doing and have lent their support and experience to our workshops. The farmers and growers who are just so brilliant at throwing themselves into something new because on the first day some of them are sitting there with their arms crossed and their brows furrowed a bit thinking what the hell have I signed up to and then by the end of the four days we offer I'm pleased and proud to say that the feedback that you've heard from Kerry is pretty much universally shared about improved confidence and a sense of being able to do it um, and that's all we want we just want people to leave our workshops thinking I could do that and not mm. being afraid of it anymore. Meet the Farmers is brought to you by Rural Pod Media, the only podcast production agency to specialise in the rural sector. We're on a mission to make rural stories mainstream and help businesses, organisations and communities like you tell your story through podcasting. Podcasting is a fantastic way of connecting with your audience, whoever that might be, getting your message out there and networking with leaders in your niche. Rural Pod Media can help you by launching your new podcast or helping you with the technical side. We also provide podcast training and an audit service if you already have a podcast you're not sure where to take it to next. For more information or to book a call, visit ruralpodmedia.co.uk. That's ruralpodmedia.co.uk. We're disrupting this whole outdated idea of what media training is, which is why I don't call it media training. I call it media education because it's more like giving you an insight into journalism training, really, or a media course. And also you ask about, you know, what we're trying to achieve. That's the basic level of what we're trying to achieve is that improved confidence and that ability to own your own story. But since in the last five years, I've realized it's so much more than that. We've helped with farmers' mental health. We've had farmers that have come through our workshops that are really struggling. And you don't know it initially. It comes out when they realize they're in a safe place, they're in a supportive environment, that they're in a group of people who understand. And they're crucially, they're taken out of their peer group because they are individuals representing individual sectors and systems. Like, for instance, there'll only be one housed dairy producer in a group and he'll be talking to pig farmers poultry farmers vegetable growers beef producers whatever you're taking them out of a peer group where they might feel that they have to compete or or keep a brave face or show that they're strong and suddenly they're they're in a neutral space and often they're in a neutral place because we're not in the countryside we're in the middle of bristol we're on neutral territory where you can totally be yourself as a person, not a farmer. I never even realized that that would be so powerful. But when mm. you have that leveling experience where no one is better than anyone else, they're all the same, that's when guards get let down, when truth comes out, and often when feelings come out and vulnerability, crucially. That's when you see people's vulnerabilities. You know, we've had tears, we've had all sorts um and everyone rallies round and you know that it's a confidential space as well 
oh my goodness, I, I can't believe what people have said back to us about I've been going through a very difficult time and without just farmers, I don't know where I would be now. That's oh, that's hugely rewarding and it's not even yeah. what I set out to do. Yeah. Um, so we, we're so much more than just a media project, so much more. Yeah, I think I think that's a great a great point to lead on. I mean, just just starting to round this up, um, and it, Kerry, I just wondered if if could just just have maybe a point from you in terms of what what you've taken away um, from Just Farmers and, and how it sort of prepared you going forwards. I think it's given me the confidence to tell my story and let people. Initially, it was my friends, but to let people know that. Farming is a really good profession to be in and it's um, enjoyable, but it's hard as well. And also we talked about learning and education and things like that. I think informing people about the facts as they are and getting that message out to anyone rather than them sort of making decisions on preconceived ideas. I just love it and just telling my story. I'm really proud. I'm really proud of my farm, our farm, not my farm, our farm. I'm really proud of it and the work that we do. You know, I love my animals and I just want to share it with everyone. Yeah. Charles, a closing comment from you? Yeah, I think it's like Kerry's just said, it's being proud of what you do and we're all proud of what we do and we all farm in very different ways. And that doesn't mean to say that how I farm's right and somebody else is wrong or vice versa. So for me, it's we've all got our story to tell. So why don't we tell our own story before somebody else tells it and somebody who wants to put a different slant or a different angle on it? Just own what you do and be proud of it. We've absolutely nothing to hide, only things to be immensely proud of. Anna, what's next? Uh, will there be another workshop next year? Where's Just Farmers going? Well, this is where I need everybody listening to really listen up now because we are 100% funded by charitable grants and donations. And we are very, very lucky to have some very loyal and generous and supportive sponsors, the Mercer Family Charitable Foundation. I can't thank them enough. We would have fallen on a cliff long ago without them. We've also had support from the Royal Countryside Fund, the Frank Parkinson Trust, um, and the Central Region Farmers Trust as well. But they can't do this alone. We need more people to support us. And we are only funded up to April next year. And if we don't secure funding to keep going, we're going to lose just farmers. We need funding. And it's got to the point now that we've actually had to put a little bit of a break on recruitment so that Emily, who only works three days a week, can put her full focus and energy into ensuring the security of our project going forward and what we're looking for is funding and we can say that we've got it for three years because the problem with being very hand-to-mouth year on year is that a year goes fast and before you know it you're thinking about oh god when are we going to get the money for next year so it's been a bit hand-to-mouth and we want to try and get ahead of ourselves so that we can really consolidate what we do and just focus on the work we do rather than constantly worrying about how we're going to pay Emily and and run the workshops and all these other things so um yeah there is a big focus on funding now so if anyone listening is interested in funding just farmers or knows somebody that might be please please email Emily Emily at justfarmers.org um, or myself Anna at justfarmers.org but 
we need your help. And if you have listened to this podcast and you've said, God, I can see how that really works. Join us and help us keep it going because there is nothing else like Just Farmers. We are the only project that works in this way. Nothing else like it. Help us survive is my main point. Gosh, well, I think that's probably the point to end it on, quite ominous. And just a, just a point from me as well. I mean, I've only been involved in the project for the past year or so, but it has been, yeah, it, it's a pleasure to to work with these farmers and it's been a real personal insight into into what the project gives. And um, yeah, I would definitely echo Anna, Anna's comments. So yeah, please do drop an, uh, a message to Emily. At, that's emily at justfarmers.org. We will leave it there for today, but a Big thank you to my guests, Anna Jones, Tom Heap, Kerry Squire and Charles Goadby. Uh, we won't have an episode next week as I'll be awake focusing on other projects. But the following week, uh, we'll have a mini series focused on woodlands and trees on farms, uh, which is being released in association with Forestry Commission. And then we'll be back to normal the week after that. Um, please see the show notes for any information, uh, any links that we've mentioned today, including, of course, more info on Just Farmers and the link to the Just Farmers website. For now, though, I'm Ben Eagle. This has been Meet the Farmers. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>